0: Hi, it's Joe.
1: Hi, friends. Aislinn here.
0: And we want to welcome you to the second half of season three of Dinner Table Talks.
1: We are so glad that you're here at our table with us, and we are looking forward to all of the great talks that we're going to have.
0: If you enjoy what you hear, tell a friend. Grab a drink and get your most comfortable chair. Pull it up to the table because we're about to get into it. So I've got a problem, and I want our friends' help. Okay. Because I, you can't help me. I can't. I'll tell you why. Why? So we're getting these boxes of meat every two and a half weeks or so from Turkey Hollow Farm. Yep. And that's a big box of meat Mm -hmm. from the farmers' market. Mm -hmm. I know what to do with the sirloin, Mm -hmm. and I know what to do with the ground beef. Mm -hmm. I know what to do with the pork roast. Mm -hmm. I'm just listing the meats that we get. (laughs)
1: There you go. It's all good stuff.
0: I know what to do with the pork chops. Yeah. I know what to do with the chorizo. Okay. What I don't know what to do with, uh-huh. every single time we get a box, we, we get, get sausage. sausage. Yeah. And you don't like sausage.
1: Eh. It's not that I don't like sausage. It's just that there's not a lot of ways to use sausage. I'm
0: accumulating uncooked it's very sausage. very similar
1: no matter what. Well, okay. Okay. I,
0: you can't help me.
1: Why can't I?
0: Because I've asked for your help numerous times, and you always like, I don't like sausage.
1: Well, no, but if we've got quite a bit of sausage, then we need to do some sort of long lunch club that includes sausage as the overflow of abundance. I've
0: got enough for your long lunch club, and then I've got enough for us to play with. Okay. I, I want to play with our sausage. <laughs>
1: Let's play with... All right, folks. No, we're not going to... Welcome to the dinner table. Oh. We're so glad you're here. Thank you. The fact of the matter is, is that you never know what we're going to talk about at the dinner table. So, like, pull up your chair. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about
0: Joe's sausage, sausage challenge. <laughs> we're not going to call it that. That's not a good name, but I have a sausage issue. <laughs> yes, <you> do. <laughs> so here's the question. So here's the thing. Like
1: I can't stop the itching. <laughs> I'm pretending
0: that, that you are here with us. And if you were here with us, now would be the time where you'd say, dude, I'll tell you my favorite sausage recipe, but you're not really here with us. Right? Right. So as I said last week, I will get, some of our friends here are going to DM us Mm -hmm. and email us, Mm -hmm. Facebook, Instagram. I love this era that we live in where there's so many ways to talk to one another.
1: Tell the truth. How often do you get a message from somebody who is a listener of the podcast?
0: Many times a week.
1: Every week I find out someone that I didn't realize was a listener is a listener and they ask me all kinds of different questions about different things and I'm sure that the Listeners that talk to you talk about the things that you have more of an interest in. And the listeners that talk to me have a more of an interest in what I'm interested in. Right. Like food and gardening and, you know, that kind of stuff. So seriously, you are messaging us. Mm-hmm. We like it. Continue the engagement. We want to talk back to you.
0: Well, this question, how do you prepare sausage? Exactly. We're going to break the barriers because I want to hear from our friends that we hear from almost every week. But now I want to hear from you saying, I'm not going to. DM them. No, what do you do with your sausage? Unanswered oh, questions. questions. Listening back to last week, I loved our conversation about books in the movie.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, that was a really good conversation.
0: During it, you brought up the idea of another book that had come out, but you couldn't remember the title. Mm-hmm. The Bucket Book.
1: Right, right, the Bucket Book. <laughs>
0: I think you're referring to a book from 2004, How Full Is Your Bucket? Uh Uh-huh. By Tom Rath and Don Clifton. Okay. I brought some information.
1: Okay. Go right ahead. (laughs) What are we going to do? Stop you?
0: (laughs) According to the book, each of us has an invisible bucket. It is constantly emptied or filled depending on what others say or do to us. When our bucket is full, we feel great. When it is empty, we feel awful. Each of us also has an invisible dipper. When we use that dipper to fill other people's bucket by saying or doing things that increase their positive emotions, we also fill our own bucket. But when we use that dipper to dip from others' buckets by saying or doing things that decrease their positive emotions, we diminish ourselves.
1: It's interesting. I've been, because I'm always coming up with like visual images to clarify what I'm trying to say as it relates to thoughts become things, align with, form, and create, manifestation, all of those types of things. So it's, how do I express? explain what I feel know understand see witness on a regular basis to other people what I'm trying to explain so that it will help inspire them you've all heard me say that if we think about that enough if we feel that enough we create form so everything that exists around us we've created with our thoughts right mm-hmm. the bucket book concept when you say unkind things to people you take from their bucket when you, think unkind things from people about people you take from their bucket and then vice versa. Right? So I have thought about this idea where I think about each thought, each word that we have ever thought or said is like a particle, this tiny, you can't see it, energetic particle. And if you think about how many times in this lifetime you have thought something, that's a lot of particles, all zzzz, all, a lot of them. Then you take that amount of particles and you multiply that by 7.9 billion, and then you add to that any life form that has ever thought, seen, spoken, anything, created some sort of communication with the ether has created these same types of particles. And that's how thoughts become things and that's how we take from people's buckets and we give to people's buckets. If I'm drawing to me a particle that is very negative because I'm putting a lot of thoughts on that particular formation of that particular thing, then I'm creating more negativity over here or more positivity over there. Yeah.
0: I thought about it this way when I was looking all this up. hmm When the world was presented to humankind, mm-hmm. however that occurred, Mm-hmm was it generally good or generally bad
1: i don't even understand that question
0: I, let's go with the assumption that it was a generally good it was in a level of balance it provided what it needed to for humankind oh, as, that's, as, crea- as, that's as like creation emerged.
1: theory though as if like the, however we it, got there but if you evolve then you don't see you there's no the, the, you don't have a perception that's that clear
0: I'm going to start over.
1: So the creation theory would say, well, today we...
0: I don't, yeah, this is not the rabbit hole I I'm just
1: saying on. that's what it is.
0: Imagine that the earth was a clean color. Let's say yellow. Mm-hmm. And then we were given yellow paint and blue paint. Yellow paint signifies every drop, every particle that is quote unquote good. And the blue paint, everything bad. And as we drip and drip and drip into the clean slate... Mm-hmm. are we darkening it or are we lightening it mm-hmm. i think we're kind of saying the same thing
1: yeah but there is a deeper consciousness that has to do with perception and at the beginning whatever the beginning
0: was it, whatever that was right. however you like to yeah. get there
1: we created perception which is means that there even can be good versus bad or dark and light Mm -hmm. that that can even exist of which Uh, I believe that that doesn't even exist. That all that is real and is eternal is love and light and goodness.
0: But they include also that your bucket gets more full with goodness when you are providing that goodness for others.
1: Oh yeah. It expands. Mm -hmm. That's how light works.
0: I mean, I could look up how they describe that occurring Giving good to others increases good in yourself, what they say.
1: So how they would describe what I call expansion.
0: Do you want some general bucket-filling suggestions? Well, sure. Okay. Express your gratitude to someone important to you. Pray without ceasing. Focus on what is right instead of what is wrong. Yes. <laughs> like, are, you, are you not vibing with these?
1: No, it's not that. I'm very curious about the wording that's being used. As we evolve and get to be able to say, okay, there is nothing, there is nothing that is right versus wrong. However, if you're still working through perception, good versus evil, uh-huh. light versus dark, I find it so fascinating. So my response to that is yes.
0: <laughs> I'm going to skip down to number five. Really listen to others. Don't fake listen.
1: Yeah. Listen, listen.
0: That's part of my meditation. Listen. Don't fake listen
1: see that's putting a negative connotation on it to get to the point where you aren't putting any negative, any judgment on anything. Even if you judge it good, it's still a judgment, right? If you judge it fake listening, then you still have a lot more layers that you're going to have to eventually unpeel in order to get even beyond that. Because, Okay, it's exactly the same to me. It's in the same like philosophical realm as doing lint but complaining about it. There,
0: that's a weird duality.
1: Yeah, that's not it doesn't I mean the, the point is not just doing a task. The point is actually embodying, listening, being a part of in alignment with things that create the things you actually want to create in this world. And if what you want to create in this world is the Christ light and Christians acting like Christians, and part of doing that is fasting, you know, that, that death is not the end, whatever that means to you, then you're not getting in alignment. You're not resonating in the same tone. So you're wasting your time not to to say those things to beat people up for it, because that's okay. We all have a lot to learn and there's all different places that we're learning and we're all triggered by different things. And we respond to rules and codes we've been taught in different ways.
0: You got that whole body language thing. When at the dinner table, I just be quiet for a little while.
1: <laughs> it's because I, I got up to the pulpit. St- I watched you. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> Today in the garden, I was talking to Tommy. I don't even remember. I was ta- talking to her about the garden. I was telling her things because I try really hard to like teach her things mm-hmm. while I'm out there. Cause that's why she's here, you know. I start telling her about the zoom in, zoom out concept that I talked about on my live on Sunday. Mm-hmm. In that stream of consciousness, I just start doing what I do, you know? So then I go. So, you know, that's what my sermon was about on Sunday. (laughs) She starts laughing. (laughs) So one of the things I wanted to start putting out there is that she actually is a winter Texan. So she's headed back to Michigan at the end of April. So I would like to have a summer apprentice. I want to talk to people that might be interested in it. And one of the things about me is that I am very purposeful about leading and teaching in a way that accesses your talents and purposes the best way. But the conversation that Tommy and I had today about her work out here with me and her apprenticeship and her winter, as she calls it, is just we chose together to enter into a learning agreement where we supported each other through this season. and it's, it's likely
0: you'll go home with eggs.
1: Oh, there's lots and lots and yep. lots of perks to it. She was a part of the long lunch clubs, and she came out to garden healing classes. And she, I mean, she was immersive. She got everything I had to offer out here, but she helped me do it all. And so I'm looking for someone during the summer while she's out of town. So ideally, it would be starting up in May. And then continuing over to maybe like September and October, and then seeing what happens after that. But if you have any interest in that, or you know of somebody that would be interested in it, please connect them with me. Tommy said she would love to talk to anybody about her experience with working with me. Speaking of engagement, I noticed that you reached out to our friend, Francesco Inguijato, who's a chef. And asked him about what he whether he uses pre-prepped garlic. Right. We started talking about that last week. And I, of course, asked you some questions about, well, what are the ingredients in that? Is it How bad of a demon is it? And then I was impressed that you asked him that question and got an answer from him about that.
0: The question you asked was easy. Yeah. All right. This is an eight ounce jar of minced garlic. You get it in the produce section. There's mm-hmm. a little shelf mm-hmm. near the fresh garlic. And that I didn't know the answer to your question last week, what is in this jar, shook me to the core. <laughs> boing, boing, boing. <laughs> How do you know what my core sounds like?
1: <laughs> Has anyone been closer to your core than me?
0: <laughs> a half of a teaspoon equals approximately one clove of garlic, it says. But when you're dealing with garlic, I just go straight to the tablespoon. Uh-huh. Boom, boom, boom. And this makes it so easy. Ingredients. Garlic, water, citric acid. Okay, perfect. Is that shelf stable? No, this is just out in the produce area.
1: Okay, so it is canned.
0: Okay. Now listen to the ingredients of this. 10 ounce squeeze ginger. Ginger, fructose, vinegar, salt, glycerin, and some kind of acid to promote color retention. Xanthan gum preserved with sodium benzoate.
1: Great. You should probably not feed me that anymore. <laughs> the answer that Francesco gave us was stick with the fresh stuff. It always tastes better.
0: Now, I knew that already, though. Yes, he is correct. Mm-hmm. This is for the sake of convenience, if you're in line with the preservatives. So garlic, yes. Ginger, no. Yes. I cast thee out, demon. <laughs> <laughs> then what did we make with our chicken wings from last week?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We ate those right after, and oh, my God, they were good. Job.
0: I'm going to blaze through this quickly. We have talked about chicken wings on the show many times. Mm-hmm. I take my raw chicken wings. I toss them quickly with a little bit of baking powder and a little bit of salt. Okay. I cook those in the oven. Okay. They come out crispy and brown. Yep. And then I toss them in a bowl Uh with a sauce I have made. Right. All right. First time to do the cilantro lime chicken wings. They were so good. To my basic dry toss Mm -hmm. with the baking powder and the salt, I added pepper, garlic powder, paprika. Okay. The sauce that I made was butter, fresh cilantro, lime juice, A zest of one lime and some honey. Yep. Cook that. It gets a little thick. Put your cooked wings in the bowl. Toss, toss, toss.
1: It was really good. And Lily was home that night. So she was very excited about that. That's
0: one of the reasons why I got the chicken wings out.
1: And then she specifically said when we were talking about the sauce, yeah, these are good. Mm -hmm. The ones with the cilantro sauce on them. So we're in that thing where I'm trying to figure out ways to use cilantro because I plant cilantro like a cover crop. And now it's starting to bolt. And so what are we going to do with all the cilantro that's everywhere? One of the things I've been doing is making a cilantro salt. It's salt, garlic, and cilantro. It's very easy to make. The point being is we're trying to come up with ways to use Our cilantro. Our
0: guacamole and pico de gallo is up in the algorithm. Yeah, exactly.
1: Well, today was an extremely busy day. I got up right away in the beginning of the morning. Peed. I, I do pee, but also I did my meditation, which I'm curious, how's meditation going?
0: I have not missed one day. Very good. I don't do it in the morning. I need to move it to the morning.
1: Well, you know, maybe just give yourself a short five minute thing that you do in the morning and start creating a little bit of a habit around that.
0: I enjoyed that conversation very much.
1: Yeah. Sometimes we just have to talk things out in order to get us to be able to think differently and to think things out. You know, your communication to me about my ability to, you know, communicate on all different levels is important. You know, because I talk to all different types of people. And so some people might be a beginner.
0: (laughs) I think there was a compliment. (laughs) I'm going to accept it as a compliment. (laughs) I think I just heard you say that we compliment one another.
1: We do compliment one another. But then I also started getting all my stuff ready to take it over to the pavilion because it was the long lunch club today. You had stayed up late and made me the entree.
0: The main difference between the long lunch club you had today. Mm -hmm. And long lunch clubs in the past. And I suppose like if you go back every, I don't know, four to six episodes... Right. You'll find a long lunch club episode. Yeah. Was we had no test kitchen. Right. And I suggested that we have a test kitchen, but you told me we can't because... I am providing the spinach. I am providing the mushrooms.
1: And I had just enough to... To do it once. Right. Well, and that, like, I couldn't do it back to back. Like, I could have done it earlier. Sure.
0: So with no test kitchen, serving 12 paying customers...
1: And that was, like, a big bump, too, because we'd been doing, like, much smaller groups. Because we'd been doing it at a smaller table.
0: Springtime, everything's growing.
1: Oh. I could have sold today's lunch twice. There's listeners listening right now that missed it and were sad. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> it's an interesting relationship. I'm a not laughing at them.
1: I'm like, right. you know.
0: No, I'm saying it's interesting having a relationship with people at the table right now.
1: I know, right?
0: That live near us. Yeah. And then people that live in Germany. Right. That are also at the table right now. Yeah. And now I'm all of a sudden curious if we had any Ukrainian listeners. <gasps> but those that live near us should come check it out. Yeah. Mushroom, spinach, and chicken enchiladas. I knew I could do it.
1: Oh, I knew you could too, because you've made spinach chicken enchiladas several times. But this was a different recipe because it had the mushrooms. had
0: your mushrooms. Yes. Which the I last have... time I cooked them and served them here at the table was <laughs> they were the ones that came from those compost blocks of yours.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: And they were real tough.
1: Yep, 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 yep. And I can't
0: present right. what I no. did last time. No. To... Our friends.
1: Not in a enchilada that you're going to need to be able to bite into Not in South easily.
0: Texas where people know their enchiladas.
1: Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Very true. Because we're serving up a gluten-free chicken, spinach, mushroom enchilada, you guys, in South Texas. hmm
0: Preach it. Okay. <laughs> you make your filling. Butter, onion, garlic, your mushrooms. But what I did with your mushrooms to ensure that they'd be soft enough? Mm-hmm was put them into boiling water, turn off the boil and let them sit for half an hour. Mm-hmm. I'm reconstituting yep. any dryness that came from being out in the air too long. Mm-hmm. And I'm just generally softening them up. Mm-hmm. I saved the broth that was left behind once I pulled the mushrooms out. I thought, I think I can do something with mushroom broth. So we put that in jars and you've got that. I don't, what are you gonna do with that?
1: As I understand it, I can put it in like my smoothies and stuff like that because it doesn't really have any more flavor than it would be if I would put any kind of... Mushroom supplement and things.
0: Our chicken broth, a crap load of your spinach, Mm. cream cheese, and the cooked chicken from Turkey Hollow. so fantastic, Joe. Then you make your sauce, lime juice, more broth, garlic from the jar, Mm -hmm. sour cream, and a ton of your cilantro. Mm -hmm. Now, when a recipe calls for sour cream, we use Greek yogurt. Yep. For reasons we've talked about. Yeah. Past episode. I won't do that next time. I think that's why the sauce, it didn't fail. The flavor was tight.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But it did not compose into a creamy texture.
1: Well, I think it, it was
0: the substitution of the yogurt to the sour sa- fr- cream.
1: Did it never? Sour cream. When you went to bed that night, it wasn't...
0: Oh, no, no. That sauce failed last night.
1: Oh, you already knew. I already knew.
0: But I didn't want to put that stress on you.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you did Because didn't.
0: the flavor was right and yeah. the cheese on top. Okay, so then you take your tortillas, gluten-free, fill it with that filling. Mm-hmm. You roll a cigar and then put it in the grease 9 by 13. Mm -hmm. Now, because we were serving so many, there was even a second one. Right. Then you pour over that sauce and then you load it down with Monterey Jack Mm -hmm. shredded. And I did not taste it before you served it. And it was bugging me all morning.
1: I didn't taste it before
0: I served it. Uh, Oh, you didn't have a test
1: bite. No, I served it to the table and people started eating it. And I immediately heard... Oh my God, this is so good. And then, oh, this is the best oh, part. Oh, I would
0: have gone to the store at 5 a.m. and remade that sauce if I thought that it wasn't going to be great.
1: Well, and this is the best part about all of it. We had a 10-year-old that came today because Ooh. it's spring break and she was, she's staying with her grandmother this week and her grandmother came to the lunch. Oh. Grandmother had already texted me ahead of time. It's me and a friend and my granddaughter's coming with us. I assume that's okay because she'd already paid for a ticket and everything. And I was like, absolutely We want, you know, kiddos to be involved in what we have going on out here. So then she goes, she is 10, so I don't know whether she'll eat any of it. She's going to move it. I raised four kids on food. She's going to wander it around on the plate, or she's going to just swallow it holding her nose. Or, you know, like, I can tell you four different responses to it. So as she's going through the meal, you know, the beautiful salad. Kids eat three bites of salad and the carrots out of the Mm -hmm. salad. I told Tommy, I'm going to put one chicken enchilada on her plate. Make sure to whisper in her ear. If she likes it, we will bring her more. So then all of a sudden I hear grandma say, Aislinn, do you think that Addie could get another enchilada? Oh, oh, she it, really liked them.
0: The ultimate compliment.
1: And then came the cupcakes.
0: Your mom made these. Yes. She always does a good job.
1: Yes. They were carrot cake cupcakes, of course. Gluten free. Your carrots? Yes. Awesome. Gluten free. Then with a the cream cheese icing, decorated them with some beautiful orange calendula flowers. And one of the guests at the table, it was her birthday. There was quite a few people that were at the table today that are gardeners and are really trying to really develop more gardens and things like that and more pasture land so and things like that. So when you did
0: a tour, because y'all did a tour? yes. Are there a lot of questions and answers kind of thing?
1: It kind of depends on what the vibe at the table is. If the vibe at the table is that people just came to take a good lunch break and just have a good lunch and maybe just see the farm that we're at, I can get that feeling. This group, they they hit the ground asking questions. The moment they hit the farm, they were like, well, how do you do this? And, oh, my God, look at that. And did, So I knew. So we spent a good hour and a half talking about everything that was going on out on the farm in addition to the meal that we ate that probably took another hour. And I already have my tickets up for the upcoming April 1 on April the 20th, mm-hmm. and it's already sold two tickets to people that were there today. These people that have come, this one couple that has come, once they figured it out, like now they're coming every time oh, and i cool. had a I had a gal that was doing that kind of at the beginning, but she is in tax season right now, so she's not in a an availability for long lunch. We'll do some sort of a i call it a local board, usually cheese if I've got a hold of some good goat cheese or some canali farm dairy cheese, definitely always some sort of dried meat today we had venison jerky because of stuff we've made out here at the farm, and then we also had turkey hollows, smoked sausage. But there's also always in our local board setup some sort of fermented foods because my mom is really into using fermenting as a way to preserve foods. And she just made a batch of kimchi a week ago Mm -hmm. with some napa cabbage out of the garden and then some daikon radishes and some carrots. And then in addition to that, then I can throw like some pickled beets on your salad. And then at the very end on the side of your carrot cupcake, I throw in a couple of whiskey figs, and I do all that so that people can taste different ways to preserve, but also so that I can give them reason to go over to that little farm stand table I have over there and pick up something that they tasted that was good. The kimchi today at the table, there was one of the guests was saying that he actually lived in Korea for a very long time. And after being there and coming home, he's like, I'm never going to eat kimchi again. He said, this is some of the best kimchi I've ever eaten. They were talking about how she did everything the Korean way. And he was just saying, like, the recipe that you found is just a really, really fantastic recipe. But one of the main reasons that we ferment things is because it's good for our gut bacteria. It's good for our gut health.
0: Yeah, we talk about that here a lot.
1: Yeah, it's really important to me. And I've made jokes over the years about... The way that I can get kids to laugh, I mean, talking about different types of vegetables and whatever, I always talk about poop. I always talk about your poop comes out better if you eat the green, you Mm -hmm. know, the green helps the brown, you know, just like things that make kids laugh. But the fact of the matter is, is that our gut bacteria, our gut microbiome that's going on inside of our body is a central part of our well-being, a central part of our
0: health. You and I will get into little conversations and disagreement over... Is this concept mainstream or not? <laughs> Probiotics have gone mainstream. Have they? I think so. Run of the mill MDs are prescribing them. Yeah.
1: The thing about probiotics is is that they can be a little bit of overwhelming and people don't exactly know what. Like when Jamie Lee Curtis is doing commercials for Activia yogurt uh-huh, right. and she's selling you, you need to eat your yogurt. Like people don't understand like gut health and helps you feel better and all of that. And there's so much misinformation and misunderstandings about gut health.
0: Antibiotic industry.
1: Well, but that's the thing is that that's the beginning of an easy one. And we have talked deeply about yeah. gut health and antibiotics when I had my major dental surgeries happening because. They put me on some heavy-duty antibiotics, and I'm so purposeful about being careful about that. The
0: culture of biotics in your stomach was going to take a huge hit. Exactly. That's what we came up with on that episode.
1: But one of the things after a while of dealing with different types of wellness checks on yourself is that you begin to understand when an imbalance is occurring in your gut. And the imbalance in your gut affects everything about you. It affects the smell of your farts, the texture of your skin. It affects whether you're going to be craving more sugar than you normally would. It affects whether you will break a diet and go on some crazy binge on some food that you would normally never binge on. It knocks back your entire body's immune system in a way that if you do catch some little bug, virus, whatever, it carries on and on and on and on and on.
0: You have you it's start, one of the first defenses against the bad guys.
1: Yeah, you have issues with gas, you have issues with heartburn, you have I mean, if you're dealing with these types of things on a regular basis, you have a gut imbalance. There is just literally no question about it. Now, what's causing the gut imbalance or what is actually occurring in a larger scale challenge? Do I have candida in my stomach? A lot of people have candida in your in their stomachs. So, okay, well, what do I do about that? And so it's not unusual about this time of year, every year, I have gone through the traditional holiday season that goes from October through the beginning of January. I have gone on a vacation, ate too much junk, ate too many things that are outside of my realm of, you know, general wellness and health. I have drank too much alcohol. I have ate too much sugar. I have gotten some sort of a cold. I'm now have eczema flaring up. It's just this like ongoing thing. And I find myself needing to almost every year or at Mm -hmm. this time of year to do a sugar fast of some kind. Right now I'm doing an alcohol fast to do some sort of a detox to up my level of green consumption, which thank God for the timing of how all the whole universe and the world works, because guess what? It's green season and all of the good fibrous greens that we need after a long, hard winter of our body just kind of getting out of balance. So I've gone down this path of doing this and taking a real hard line of doing some gut repair. I tend to have like an innate knowing about it. Like it's time, like I can just tell there's something going on with my body. And then I start looking at drinking more kombucha again because you get out of we get out of the habit. We're bringing kombucha. it back
0: to the kimchi, mm-hmm. that fermented food.
1: Exactly. So kombucha is
0: loaded kimchi, with the good guys.
1: sauerkraut,
0: mm-hmm.
1: fermented yogurt. radish salsa, the yogurt like Jamie Lee Curtis sells,
0: which is one of know. the reasons why we use the Greek yogurt instead of the sour cream,
1: right? exactly
0: is there a health benefit to it there's no health benefit to it if i put it into a hot hot sauce and i kill all the oh all yeah the, no i'm not substituting that for next time yeah heat does not lend well to the life of greek yogurt
1: yeah when i went to the store the other day to pick up the tortillas for the long lunch club i decided i was going to go over and look at the probiotics section I did go over and get some of the mushrooms specifically for gut health immunity. And then I went over and looked at the probiotics. And in the refrigerated section of the probiotic stuff, they actually have this jar of powder. It's probiotics powder. It's got a bajillions of uh, little microscopic probiotic things that will make your stomach happy. And you put it in like kombucha or a smoothie or water, whatever works for you. And you do that for five days straight. And so you got like a cauldron of bubbles going on. It's not as bad tonight. So yesterday was my first time to do it. Today is the second time to do it. And I did it like right before the podcast. <laughs> so.
0: Can you give us an example?
1: Gut Gut bacteria. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> So we're on the phone last night and I've been driving around town to make some deliveries and stuff like that. And I am ripping farts, man. (laughs) I am burping. I've got a bubbling cauldron of something going on inside there. It's not nearly as bad today. Do your do. Okay. Listeners, do your farts stink? Because that's one of those things. People whose farts stink They have bad... Chronically stink. Yeah. They have bad bacteria Mm -hmm. inside their gut.
0: There is a person I'm thinking of immediately who was very, very close to throughout my entire life. uh Uh-huh. Right. And this person and I thought fart humor was, and is, the most hilarious (laughs) type of humor. So... A lot of trying to trick this other person. I have jammed my finger. Is it it
1: just... Oh, pull my finger
0: jokes? Well, bend it. Touch my finger. Touching Uh, my uh finger equals release. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then they get over that one and you have to come up with other creative ways to... uh, Uh But this person's gas was... Rotten. Horridly odorous. Horrific. Right. (laughs) To the point where I told this person, there is something wrong. To which he would snicker, to which I would say, no, no, you're not hearing me. Yeah. A stinker every once in a while, that's kind of funny. Uh-huh. But this, chronically, is indicative of an issue. Yeah. That was never checked.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can always tell when one of the kids is, like, struggling, mm. you know? Because we go in a car, like, and we don't go in a car riding with them very often, but even still, like, somebody's got a little gut tummy thing going on right now. I can I can smell it. <laughs> like, you know? like, that's not healthy, I don't know. I mean, what do you do about gut well, health are you, It sounds like
0: what you're doing about it is a intensive probiotics right now.
1: Yeah, and I think it's an important conversation. Cut it, cutting
0: the sugar content of alcohol. Mm-hmm. That naturally gets you to increase your water intake. I'm watching Yes, that. yes. And there's a lot less chocolate around the house, so I know you're up to something.
1: Yeah, just trying to take care of myself. I do something like this every time of year. It affects everything about you, your gut health.
0: What you guys here with us, there's a spectrum of thought on this. There's people that you're preaching to the choir right now. Mm -hmm. And there's people right now that don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And so if someone wanted to, you know, take a step toward some kind of balance.
1: Eating yogurt from time to time, not a high sugar yogurt, but a good solid yogurt that says that it's raw and it has probiotics in it. Go over to the pickle section. And look for pickles that are fermented and that sometimes they'll actually even say probiotics on it, you know, live, raw, you know, words like that are the words you're looking for. Sauerkraut, kimchi, kombucha, these are all things that you can get that taste good and have great types of probiotics in them.
0: And then your mom is the kimchi master.
1: Fermented food master.
0: (laughs) I have an idea. Your mom will hear this. Uh Uh-huh. Let's bring her onto the show to talk about how she makes the kimchi.
1: Okay, and some of the other fermenting and things she does. Will she come on? I think she will.
0: I said, I need to use ground beef tonight, but I don't want to make tacos or hamburgers.
1: And I said, why don't you make vegetable beef soup? That's actually my most favorite way to eat any kind of vegetable beef soup is to use a ground beef in it. And I've got plenty of root vegetables, starchy vegetables that you could use in it.
0: So I found quick vegetable ground beef soup. This is going in a rotation.
1: It was so good, you guys.
0: And since it's called quick vegetable ground beef soup, I'm going to be quick. Your onion and your ground beef cooking together in a big pot. Mm -hmm. Throw in a little garlic. It always says drain your fat in these recipes and I never want to, so I don't.
1: Okay. But I like fat in my soups and things like that. Plus, we don't use like fatty, crappy ground beef from the grocery store. We use like good quality meat.
0: Help me figure out what all we put in here your carrots, your celery.
1: We used sweet potatoes instead of regular potatoes.
0: I think I cut up the last of a bag of Brussels sprouts. Yep. I did go to the store and get a couple ears of corn so I could shuck some corn.
1: You love to shuck the corn. Well,
0: I'm going to use shucked over frozen corn or canned corn anytime that I can.
1: My corn is coming up so good. I'm going to be harvesting us some corn.
0: Oh, Oh, I can't wait. We'll make this again. That goes into the same pot with your beef broth, tomato paste, Worcestershire sauce, your fresh parsley. Mm-hmm.
1: I think there were like some turnips and some radishes and-
0: Yeah, all your stuff. And just
1: all the vegetables. There was some mm-hmm. broccoli. Oh, and I gave you a nice bag of like greens. There was some like soy greens and some small broccoli greens, some broccoli florets.
0: I did put in a 28 ounce can of diced tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Someday soon, you'll give me some tomatoes.
1: Yes absolutely it was a really really good delicious recipe perfectly timed with the ingredients I'm an easy sell on soup I'm an easy sell on a beef vegetable soup I was very happy with it you mentioned something about throwing some noodles into it I do after like after the a, fact yeah I do like that when you throw that kind of noodles in a oh, what if I
0: a gluten free spaghetti shape yeah. that, that's got a shape I don't know what that shape of pasta is like a ring Okay. I want to throw some of those in there.
1: We used to put
0: shells in it. That would work too. Yeah. But I don't know what the gluten-free options are. There for are. Those kinds There's of something
1: positives. like that. There's something like that. Then we sent some home with Tommy. She was like, oh my God, it was so good. Then we sent some home with your mom. Mm-hmm. I ate it three times. It was a big old heaping soup, soup. You made me soup.
0: You were talking about those great lettuce greens and different greens coming out? Mm Mm-hmm. Side salad, homemade ranch.
1: Ugh, homemade ranch. That's how we live. It was good. It was really, really good. Well, hey, while we're in this intellectual vibe, why don't you kick over a question that we can deep dive into?
0: Okay, this is a fun one. And I think I know a version of your answer. Okay. If you had to get a tattoo right now, Mm -hmm. so I imagine there's a gun to your head or something.
1: Why is there got to be a gun to my head know, to make said, me no, imagine to do something? The question
0: itself, I pulled it off the internet. If you had to get a tattoo right now, gun to your head, and I was thinking to myself, I don't want to read that that way. So uh-huh. I did it in a more, I guess there's a gun to your head. Like, <laughs> What would it be and where would it be on your body?
1: So for me, it would be somehow in the category of cash flow and things I want to spend money on, tattoo gets to the top of the list. I would have my back increased I
0: knew my answer shifted was, well, that's whatever answer, of course
1: which by the way you still owe me like some work on my back because one year for my birthday he bought me a gift certificate well he did he just got me a promise that mm-hmm. he was going to do some work on mine and then i never got anything
0: done one year for christmas you said i'm like to do some work on my tattoo uh-huh which has long been dormant from having work done to it yes and i estimate it to be eh, about this much yeah. So then I made a oh huh, huh, a certificate yeah. for yeah. that amount of money. Uh-huh. Then you went to a consultation uh-huh. and it was gonna be fifty thousand times more than the amount. What's <laughs> not so
1: it was gonna be like
0: th- that amount that of-
1: times eight.
0: Okay. <laughs> there's no expiration date on that. Perfect, perfect. Mm-hmm.
1: So maybe it could jump to the top of the cash flow list a little faster because, you know, I'm aging, so.
0: Is that a problem?
1: I have to, I would have to find the right person. That's actually the biggest problem is finding the right person because I already have work done on it and I wouldn't go back to the Our original tattooer.
0: listening right now uh-huh. are going to tell you the right person.
1: No, it's not about that. I know the right people to do okay. tattoos. It's the right person that wants to take the piece of art that's already on my back and evolve it. Oh, that was like, the Like participate outcome in it. And a concept, lot of tattoo too. artists, don't like doing that it's their artwork it's like taking somebody's artwork and then like adding your part to it and then calling it yours you know but i thought you found that
0: girl and y'all were harmonious we
1: did we did and we left i think i don't think she lives here anymore and a lot of the really really good female tattoo artists are so booked And I mean really, really good ones. The ones that align with like sacred art. They're creating like garden Eden masterpieces on people. But that's basically what my back would be evolving into. It's already a, a mother holding a baby, but the mother is a tree trunk Her hair is up in the trees and there's dragonflies flying all around. So it's a mother earth tree. Have you posted a
0: picture of this? Like you have, right? Well, yeah, because
1: I, it goes in my back tattoo. Yeah. And I would get it added to color and more like garden of Eden around it and make an entire back piece.
0: I knew that would be the answer. You're not going to get a tattoo on a different part of your body before you work on that one. some more, right? Okay. I have no idea what the answer to this question is. I, I don't know. I have found through my experience on this earth.
1: If you had to get a tattoo because there's a gun posted to your head.
0: Well, why are you doing that to me? <laughs> no, never. That's not nice. Every fashionable place on a body to get a tattoo becomes out of fashion in the future. We've done the back of the calf. We've done the inside of the ankle. Women did the lower back hole trend.
1: I think the only the shoulder, fashionable spot I have a tattoo is on my foot. Otherwise, I don't do where is it fashionable for other people.
0: The sho- on, your, on your shoulder? Mm-hmm. Uh, where else would I get a tattoo?
1: I like arm tattoos and mm-hmm. back tattoos. Those are my favorites. I also like thigh tattoos on women. I think small foot tattoos on females are pretty because our feet are pretty and our feet are nice to look at most of the time.
0: I read an article about a guy, a CEO of some company, that put the words no ego... On his inside of his um forearm mm-hmm. so that he had to look at that every time he'd use his arm. Mm. but I wouldn't I wouldn't want a tattoo there,
1: yeah, um, that's one of the spots. like a small tattoo would be like right on my wrist. I like that. I like that spot. what
0: would I get? I need your help with this.
1: I like arm tattoos on men. so
0: can I get Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes peeing on something? No, oh.
1: I'm not a big fan of like cartoon character.
0: And if you've got one, I'm sure it's awesome.
1: Do it. Do you.
0: You do you. Right. I'm going to give this more thought. This is one of those random questions of the week Mm -hmm. that I can't answer randomly, nor can I come up with something glib and funny to trick people into thinking that I answered the question.
1: This is an unanswered question. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Right. A stinker every once in a while. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dinner Table Talks. We will be back next Monday with a fresh episode. In the meantime,
1: hit us up on social media, send us an email, DM us, whatever. We want to hear from you.
0: And we hope that you're enjoying the episodes as much as we enjoy creating them for you.